All right. So why don't we start off with you telling the listener who you are and your involvement in the project? I'm Roya Amir Soleimani. I'm the artistic director and curator of public engagement at PICA, Portland Institute for Contemporary Art, where the exhibition and performances are taking place. And I'm one of the co-curators of Remembering to Remember. <laughs> My name is Felicia Ledesma, and I'm also one of the co-curators of Remembering to Remember. Hi there. It's so lovely to speak with you today. So the exhibition's title is Remembering to Remember, Experiments in Sound. Can you give us an overview of this program? Yeah, I can um, start there. Uh, so Remembering to Remember is a composite of a few different things. It's um, an exhibition of film and video, as well as multi-channel sound pieces. It's a series of workshops with in partnership with Synth Library Portland, and it's three nights of live performances. And so this is um, a program that's taking place inside the warehouse of PICA, which is at 15 Northeast Hancock Street. So it's a big, it's a large scale space, about um, 10,000 square feet. And we're using two rooms um, for different kind of purposes. Um, but all of the artistic activity, activity is happening within that. And it's all open to the public. Um, and the, uh, and in terms of you know, kind of the the bigger picture, we were really interested in creating a sort of hub to exhibit and um, provide experiences around sound, um, specifically just new work in sound of all kinds um, across a broad spectrum of artists and forms and styles um, and to create opportunities for artists to really uh, develop something new or continue working on a project that they might have already been um, exploring. It was a very open invitation to artists from the get-go, and there are over 15 artists involved, um, quite a lot more if you think about the collaborations and some of the groups that have um, that are programmed within it. But um, it's it's really about creating a multitude of kind of experiences and entry points within like one space or one container for all of that to happen within. So this exhibition covers a really wide array of installations, workshops, and performances. Can you walk us through all the different things going on? And what is the connective tissue that links all of them? Yeah, so as mentioned, there is an exhibition up from February 17th to March 19th at PICA that people can actually visit during gallery hours, which we can mention toward the end, um, and people can find on pica.org, our website. Um, but that is more of a... Um, like a gallery style visitor experience where people can walk in um, and watch film and video that is um, that considers sort of the intersection of sound and moving image. Some of the film, some of the work is film, some of it is video based. Um, and the artists for those works are A.D. Roperson, Takashi Makino, Allison O'Daniel, and Tomoko Savage. And then there's a room that it, um, creates a really immersive experience that um, audiences can really sit with 
and um, kind of deeply listen to five new compositions of sound work that range anywhere from about 10 to 20 minutes that are all by different artists. Some are local, some are national, some are international, just like with the film and video work. Um, and those pieces are all were all invitations for artists to create something new. So they're really commissions. Um, and there's an eight channel speaker system, thanks to Genelec, who has lent us those speakers, and two subs. And and people are encircled by those speakers and um, are really um, offered an, you know, kind of an opportunity again to kind of sit with and, and closely listen to this work and could spend even the full length of the program, which is 77 minutes, listening to all of these pieces. And the artists in that program are uh, Liz Harris, who is also known as Grouper, or in this for this project, um, they're working with the name Nivek, and then Saint Abdullah and um, Kite and Robbie Wing, who are a collaborative duo, Bone Lattice, which is a collaboration between Shawnee, Michael and Holloway, and Anthony A. Dunn, and Reese Bowes. And so again, it's a mix of Portland-based artists and folks who are um, based all over the US and internationally. And that's the exhibition portion. Do you want to say anything about the performances? <laughs> um, OK, uh, so we invited people that couldn't like necessarily be a part of the exhibition to come be a part of the show in like a more one-off way. And so we decided to do three nights of performances. Um, so the nights of performances are Lucy Liu and Nivek, who also did a multi-channel piece, um, Hira Cohn and Crystal Cortez, and Crystal is in town, um, Shole Askari and Niyakabi Karaoke, um, who are both traveling in too. So we really wanted to pair some national, international with local artists in every aspect of the program, because we think it's really important to share space with local artists who are doing stuff here with artists who are at all points in their careers. So. I think just having people be able to come in and have these access points like from performance, maybe they're interested in the multi-channel artists, but they come see the video work. It really draws people into different points of the space. And also we have the synth library in the main exhibition space and they're doing workshops. Um, they're doing open hours. They have Afrorack in town from Chicago and now Afrorack is actually in the UK as well. And just having these community projects be a part of this program is so huge for us. And I think it really ties everything together, like all of the kind of ideas we had about sharing sound. Absolutely. And one of the things that I find really exciting about this program is how dynamic it is. I mean, we have local artists, international artists, we have events that are very ephemeral one night only, and then much longer ongoing pieces, things that are more participatory and ones that are a bit more personal um, and solitary. Um, and I'm just wondering about the inception of this project, your thinking that was guiding, bringing all these elements together. Why was right now the right moment for a piece like this? Um, so Felicia and I have collaborated before on sound focused projects and um, hadn't for some years because they are based in Europe now, um, had formerly been in Portland. I've been in Portland. There was COVID, all kinds of things that kind of delay, you know, the um, development of a project or an idea. But uh, we stayed in conversation for quite a long time. And one thing, a kind of one idea morphed into another, and we landed on um, 
this concept of, you know, a multifaceted sound focused program that could take place at PICA. And uh, we were interested in working with each other because we had done so before and um, really respect one another's work. As um, a curator within PICA, I'm always interested in co-curating or collaborating with independent curators or artists. Um, I also think we had a lot to just um, discover through each other about sound artists or art artists in general that we wouldn't necessarily have known about independently. So we were able to exchange knowledge. And I think the result is much stronger than if we were working just by ourselves. So, you know, the list of artists, many of whom we've already named, um, are really a, a unique combination of people that we were each excited about. And then, of course, it was really hard to whittle that down um, to the final 15 or so that are, are in the show. Um, but for the most part, everyone we reached out to said yes, enthusiastically, which was really wonderful. And um, there are certain constraints, you know, budget, travel, um, scheduling, all availability, all of those things factor into where that final list of artists lands. But I think it's really reflective of um, our unique and also intersecting interests and um, who we're excited about right now. It also um, had a lot to do with like the, that, I think that final composite of artists has a lot to do with people who are open to a very um, kind of fluid invitation. Like you can do anything. Are you comfortable with that? You know, your performance can be a lot of different things. Your multi-channel piece can be a lot of different things. There aren't a ton of constraints. And some artists, um, you know, might, might bristle at that or want more, um, just a, a bit more structure and others are, are, are really interested in kind of in kind of running with that or seeing what can happen in our exploratory and and curious in that way. Um, but I think one of the most special things, having just opened the exhibition on Friday, is is something Felicia mentioned, which is seeing local, national, and international artists all be able to come together and meet one another because they wouldn't necessarily um, without some of these kinds of um, programs bringing them together because in this case I think we're working with artists even though they all work within sound or music or film and video broadly speaking wouldn't necessarily know each other or work together. Absolutely and you really have assembled a great group of artists. I'm a big fan of Grouper or Nivek uh, as the name that she's performing under um, organ-based really interesting singer-songwriter as well as um, artist and installation uh, soundscape creator Crystal Cortez who's local um, and Lucy Liu who does these really incredible um, like digital voice generated pieces over um, more classical piano um, which is a really interesting meditation on Korean diaspora and family all sorts of things like that um, but, you know, some of our listeners may not be as familiar with things like soundscapes, modular synthesis, these experimental music communities. Uh, what might you have to say to someone who's having difficulty finding an entry point to this kind of music and art? I guess <laughs> I guess I really like would ask a couple different questions of them, like, do you want to make music? Do you want to listen to music? Do you want to engage with your local community? Like it could be all, it could be one of those things, but it really does depend. Like there are so many entry points just even locally here in Portland. Like you can go to shows like that. I know even after the pandemic, there's still quite a few experimental shows like every month here. 
And there's radio stations, obviously like X-Ray, but there's a multitude of radio stations in Portland that all showcase experimental, ambient, electronic music. So always check out radio. And also I would say, go check out some gear from the synth library, because honestly, that is such a vital resource in this community. And it's really nice to be able to connect that way. You can play gear with your friends, you can work on new music, then you can play shows. I think there's a lot here that you can do to kind of tap in in whatever way you want. I mean, it can be overwhelming. I understand that. <laughs> I, I think that's an interesting question because in terms of like this curatorial pairing, Felicia is deeply embedded in the sound world and is an artist who works in sound and music um, in a very direct way, right? And I'm interested in it in terms uh, of how it's situated within a broadly contemporary art world and um, how we think about it in relationship to exhibitions and performance and, and public an audience and we both are you know but we come at it from slightly different positions and and places and perspectives which i think it, of course makes it more interesting um but when i think about someone who doesn't actually like work with this sound as material artistically um i do think about how i connect or engage with it as an audience member or a listener or um, a visitor to a, an exhibition space or something like that and um i think what's one of the most interesting things is if um, there, if someone is inspired to actually try out something more hands-on, there are opportunities for that within remembering to remember. Um, and I think it helps shed a little bit of light on things and reduce the intimidation factor around who sound is for or who can, who can have access to it or even like pursue curiosities around it. Um, and then for those who don't necessarily see themselves you know, working within it in more directly, then there's just the whole world of sound to experience as a listener, which is, which is so significant as well. And so expansive and, um, you can go, you can take it so far. Um, and, the, and again, with the, with this program, we really didn't want artists that sounded like, or looked like each other. We wanted a really broad array of artists who may not always share stages or, um, or even necessarily be in an exhibition environment, um, or for film and video artists to be, uh, exhibited in relation with a, an attention to the sound in their work. Um, even if they're known for other kinds of things or a a lot of their um, their practices uh, is typically curated or programmed or presented through a visual or film focused lens. So um, I think this is an opportunity for anyone to uh, just enter, yeah, and kind of enter into um, the the world of sound on their own terms. Yeah, come hang out with us. We're all, <laughs> I feel like everyone in the space is really open, and we're all there to answer questions and talk about the work or just like you know we are we do have a lot of different um viewpoints and entry points into sound practice so i think coming to the space is a great place to start absolutely and you know in addition to these performances and installations there are these workshops um that you have set up as part of remembering to remember um with synth, synth library um can you speak a little bit about what those workshops are how people can get involved who should get involved and 
maybe about the broader context, you know, the barriers of access that people experience to electronic music technology, especially for women, people of color. I know I've run into those kinds of barriers within myself personally when it comes to confidence, but also just tangibly, physically, economically. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'll maybe just talk about the synth library a little bit, and then we can talk about what their workshops are offering and, and stuff like this. But when we started the synth library in 2016, like I didn't even have enough money for one module, you know, like I, I feel like there is, even though synthesizers are much more affordable than they were like in the seventies, you know, it's not, it's still not affordable for most people. And I think that's such a huge, huge like wall to get over, you know? So I just feel like giving people access to them and saying like, do whatever you want with them, like go ahead is such it's so empowering for so many people to just like be able to go in and play and patch and just feel it out. Um, and uh, now there's so many spaces like around the US and beyond and there there have been but in the US specifically, um, like similar programs like in New York, there's um, Synth Library New York and in LA there's Feminist Synth Lab and I feel like they're also vital. And yeah, it's just so nice that people can use use all this gear that they didn't have access to before. So you don't need modular synths to make electronic music, obviously, and you don't need anything to make music. You can do whatever you want. Like there isn't one specific type of gear to use, but having the ability to explore sound in the way you want with these tools and build a community or network at the same time is really life-changing. And I do think like it definitely helped me. It's definitely great for emerging artists and musicians and anyone that just wants to explore sound in a new way. I can just add, um, as Felicia said, there are a lot of workshops through the Synth Library that are part of this program, Remembering to Remember, and um, a lot of them are full already. <laughs> just want to you know, mention that. But, um, but they have also been primarily free of charge, which is a big, you know, also something to consider that like to, to have educational opportunities as well as access to the gear um, to be affordable or or completely free is important um, when considering who will have opportunities to engage with it. And then also there are public drop-in hours that are listed on the pica.org website or the synthlibraryportland.com website. Um, and both uh, in both cases, you don't have to, you, it's, they appreciate pre-registration, but you don't have to. Um, and those are free as well. And those are just opportunities to come and play around and experiment and um, get a feel for things. And it's a very kind of like low stakes, low barrier environment for any experience level. So those are in addition to the workshops in case people listening are interested in the workshops that have already filled up. But that felt important to include in this, in this overall program. Yeah, definitely. And something they're doing. So if you miss their workshops, like obviously they have a newsletter, but the great thing about their program now is they're really flexible and they're letting like it's actually a lending library now. So you can take gear home so you can be in a space you're comfortable and explore there. So that's really nice. So, yeah, if you check out their website and everything's full or you can't make the open hours, like it's great to follow up with them and, and figure out when you can use some gear. You know, in thinking about these performances, it at least got me thinking a lot about space and listening, if you'll indulge the slightly more philosophical concepts. But, you know, I think a lot of people maybe encounter ambient music or field recordings on like 
Spotify focus and relaxation playlists or like in coffee shops and yoga classes. Um, And I was just sort of thinking about, you know, in the liner notes to this pioneering ambient album, Music for Airports by Brian Eno, he's discussing the idea of music as um, like a background feature in the environment. You know, he famously wrote that um, ambient music should be as ignorable as it is interesting. And I was wondering, is this a concept that resonates with you or with these performances? Are you hoping to invite different ways of listening and engaging with the sounds through these performances? I can start. We might have both, have both have something to say, but I think I want to offer a corrective, which is really that it's not an ambient focused program. So th- these artists are working in a range of different styles and some might we might consider more like sound artists and some slightly more music based artists. And um, they all, you know, work in different contexts and different kinds of spaces. And some are performing on festivals or in like music venues and others might be um, more often in or more familiar with contemporary art spaces like Pika. Um, But uh, I think that we're trying to resist like the categorization or the labeling of the the style of work um, because we don't want anyone to misunderstand it or um, have an association with say ambient music when it's so much more than that and so much broader than that. I don't know what to say. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I think, I guess what I'd tell people is just to come experience it. I think these artists are so amazing and so like different in so many different ways. Like, I I just feel like it would be like, yeah, ambient or like labeling something like a genre is totally, I get it. Like it totally makes sense to me, like why people do. But for me, I'm just, I'm kind of like going, like I like to go into a performance, like just very curious. And I just wanna go and listen and, and hear and see and experience what happens. And maybe that's like a little childlike sometimes, but that's like where I get why I love shows so much because I just try to go in like, who knows, maybe it will be good. Maybe I'll like it, maybe I won't. Maybe I'll have a good experience with the audience, maybe I won't, but that's like kind of the joy of it, you know? Yeah. So maybe that doesn't really answer the question and maybe I'm rambling, but that's how I feel. <laughs> no, I, I would second that wholeheartedly. Um, definitely all about just trying something and um, sometimes, yeah, sometimes I don't read anything about the performance I'm going to just You're like because, a surprise. Yeah. Like see what happens or just trust us. It's going to be good. <laughs> but so many of these artists have like a lot of them have new music or new like pieces out and I think it would be like you know if you want to check it out beforehand like a lot of the artists have work on Bandcamp or on their personal websites so maybe there's a way we can link something somewhere for everyone or they can check out the pika.org website and all of those artists are um, linked there yeah I think it kind of goes back to what you were saying too about fluidity um Mm -hmm. and even the title of the program remembering to remember experiments in sound is experimental it's about play in a lot of ways which is one of my favorite things about sound-based art in general um especially with modular synthesis and things like that like it is layering it is experimenting with different things on top of each other and just what sound can do in a space and i find that always really exciting 
Um, so as we wrap things up, let folks at home know how they can engage more with remembering to remember. Yes, I can, I can answer that. <laughs> um, please do. There's lots of ways to, um, on pica.org, which is Pika's website, you can find the gallery hours uh, for the exhibition, that component of the show. So um, we're open Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays, um, but all of those hours are um, on Pika's website. And then we have um, the workshop, ongoing workshops and public drop-in hours that Synth Library Portland is running. Again, a lot of the workshops are full at this point, but you can get on a wait list if you're super interested in something. And the public drop-in hours are not full. Those are still um, open. Yeah, and tickets are on there on pica.org. Ten, $10 <laughs> and up, sliding scale, pay what you want. All right, Roya, Felicia, thank you so much for being with me here today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you.